Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the coast of Mississippi and the amazing people who make this place such a great place to live, work, and play. Sunshine again. We have sunshine in coastal Mississippi. I didn't think we were ever going to have sunshine again. So much rain. I mean, here in Biloxi, somewhere between like 9 and 13 or 14 inches, unbelievable amount of rain. I was joking with my son over the weekend that we were driving across Pops Ferry Bridge, and I told him that uh, we may never see salt water again in our lifetime <laughs> in, in Back Bay, Biloxi. But we're lucky. It's very resilient. Uh, the, the tide will push them beautiful water back in, and the fishing will get good again. But just before the rain started coming so heavily, the the fishing was starting to get really good in Back Bay, but we'll look forward to those days to come again. Uh, speaking of water, I have something from my friend Stacy Waldrop that she posted. I thought this was great. The author is unknown, but here is what it says. An entire sea of water can't sink a ship unless it gets inside the ship. Similarly, the negativity of the world can't put you down unless you allow it to get inside you. I'm always focused on that because I do think in this day of social media, which I say on almost every show, it changes us and it it causes us to forget about the people that we're communicating with. And too often we're willing to say things on social media that we really wouldn't say to someone if we were looking them in the face. And speaking of face, my, my friend Susan Griggs posted this one. Again, author is unknown, but this is terrific. It says this, your smile is your logo. Your personality is your business card. And the way you make others feel is your trademark. Think about that for a second. I think that's a, that's a really powerful one. You know, I've enjoyed focusing on the diversity of coastal Mississippi, especially as it relates to our history. Man, if you go back in history here in coastal Mississippi, whether I'm having conversations with the mayors like uh, Fofo Gillich, you know, has such a you know, passion for the history of Biloxi, for example, or George Slogel or Lenny Sawyer or Roy Anderson and, and see the impact that their families had on, on the on Gulfport, and learning things like the the role the port played in uh, the early days of coastal Mississippi. I had the the real fortunate uh, honor of of marrying Ann Bahanovich, and uh, you know learning about her family's history, the Mangins and the Melansons, and uh, you know her grandfather Andrew Melanson. Uh, he, he was born in. Uh, Code to Louisiana, that's near New Iberville, and was part of the original Cajun settlers there. The Kozvaseviches, which is her, her father's mother, and then, of course, the Bahanoviches. You know, learning about that, that family and that, that lineage is just incredible. That actually led my wife and me to, to go to, uh, to Croatia a couple of years ago and tour, tour that amazing country and uh, get to get to have a better feeling for where her grandparents came from. We went to the islands of Brock and uh, Havar off the coast of Split. And uh, man, gosh, you, when you go to places like that, b- beautiful country and understand the culture, 
And then you see, you know, you see what you see there, and then you bring it back to Biloxi, and you realize the impact that those families had on 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 Biloxi and on coastal Mississippi is just incredible. In fact, I have to tell you, we we can't wait to bring our family back to Croatia, and hope that we'll be able to do that soon. So much history here in coastal Mississippi, which brings me to today's guest, an author of a new novel, Cradle in the Oaks. Uh, I'm really pleased to to uh, to have my new friend Candace Wheeler joining us today. Candace, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine. How are you doing today, Ricky? I'm doing great. Look, so much history. You know this, and we'll we'll explain to people how 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 and why you know that. But the book that you wrote took place in 1906, and best of, my wife Ann and I were trying to do some of the math this morning. And um, at the time of the book, her grandparents were 14 years old, and they had been working already in the seafood factories since they were 11 years old, which is when they arrived from Croatia. As you know, they went to work young in those days, and they came here to seek a better life. And and so, uh, you know, that that history is is well documented. But if you go back and look at some of the families that were that that are the real families, I think some 90 of them that are somehow featured as Character, real families, characters in your book, like George Orr and the Bork, Bark family and Duke Cates and Desports, and the list goes on and on. It must have been so much fun for you. Again, we're going to get into your book in a minute because I want to hear your story before we get to your book. But it must have been fun for you to get to, to go back and get into all that history. It, it definitely was fun. In fact, when I started researching the history, every time I would find something interesting, I'd put it down in a note and I'd say, okay, now how can I make this fit into the plot of the story? <laughs> and Ricky, I got so carried away that it ended up being like 500 typewritten pages. <laughs> wow. That, that is, you know, that's the way it works. I told yeah. you off, off the air. So this is your first book. Yeah, And I have to admit, I have not read it yet. I had an opportunity to over the weekend, but very busy over the weekend, didn't have that opportunity. But now that I've done some research about the book and, and to, you know, better understand it, you know, as I mentioned to you off the air, this is a book that people who, who just care about the history of Biloxi will enjoy, but then it also has a great story that, that it tells you know, a lot of intrigue. And we'll get into that in a second. Um, but I mentioned that you, you you should have started writing about thirty years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> the problem was you were a lawyer, and uh, and by the time you stopped writing as a lawyer, you probably just wanted to get away from it all. Is that true? Well, I was a lawyer and a mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Raised two sons, and so that kept me busy. I was a PTO president, school board member, and you know how all of that goes. You get involved in your children's activities and following them around, and. Um, so after they left, I kind of, you know, had a little bit more free time. And I started thinking about this story many, many years ago. And um, I've always been interested in writing because I majored in journalism at mm -hmm. Southern. And I just couldn't handle those deadlines, you know, like <laughs> two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> How well I know <laughs> my, my whole life was was deadlines. My yeah. whole career was about deadlines. Yeah. But you're a fourth generation Biloxian. Right. And isn't, isn't it interesting to you that that Biloxian, I say all of Costa, I don't care if you're from Bay St. Louis or from Pascagoula or all points in between, that we here in Costa Mississippi has such a, a great connection to the generations that came before us. And it's, we kind of live honoring them. Is that, is that, is that a, a, a good representation of how you feel about it? 
It is. It is. Um, my family background comes from the Cajun, Louisiana side. My grandfather yeah. came over. His family came from Nova Scotia. Yeah. And they went to Abbeville, Louisiana, and then ended up in Biloxi. And on the other side, came from the Irish immigrants that came into the port of New Orleans and then came over here. And a lot of them worked in the train industry and on the railroads. And so, well, you know, it was actually one of the one in my master in the master's program. I, I, I was, I don't know if it was sociology or what, I did a study of an ethnography on the Nova Scotian influence in South Louisiana. And that's, you know, and then, then, you know, as, as uh, luck would have it, I met my wife and then you mentioned, you heard me mention her grandfather, Melanson, and, and they came, they came, you know, they're same Nova Scotia. Maybe, maybe y'all were related or that you're related to my <laughs> wife in some way, but that, that is such an interesting story about how the Nova Scotians came to settle in South Louisiana. And her, my, her grandfather, when he would talk to me, he would say this, he would say, Hey, Baba, what you doing? Yeah. Come in over here and talk to me. Yeah. You want to go fishing? Yeah. Brought yourself here. You, you know, just, yeah. I, I just love that accent and yeah. you, that's very true to you as well. You, you, you heard yeah. that all your life, I guess. Yeah. And I can remember my great grandmother and I have a little part of the story that talks about a woman who was like the grandmother sitting down in a chair and she spoke only French and she told everyone who came into your, her house, when you come in here, you can only speak French. <laughs> and she didn't quite understand. She wanted to preserve her language. She didn't understand that you had to learn to speak English to, you know, move somewhere into this country. So she yeah, learned. I've, again, I heard those stories, yeah. uh, you know, both on the French side and the Croatian side. And one, one of the one of the highlights of our trip to Croatia, we had this great driver. His name was Henry. And he, he uh, took us from uh, split over to Dubrovnik. We went through, uh, is it, where did we go through? Uh, what was the name of the country? Anyway, it doesn't matter now, but, but we, as we're riding along, Anne would say, you know, what, you know, do you, what is, is this term? Cause she would, she was testing some of the terms that she learned growing up and she would say it and he, Oh yes, this is that. And he would talk about it and they would talk together and we would play, you know, uh, beautiful music from Croatia that, that, uh, Anne grew up on and, watching the two of them connect. It was, it was so special, but same thing on the French side. And, you know, I think that's the way, you know, what, one of the things that I really enjoyed about uh, getting to know Anne's family was the diversity of the food and you know, how important religion was to their family and the, the cross section between the French cuisine and the, and the uh, Yugoslavian uh, cuisine and how it all connected and how it played out during the holidays. So, so interesting, you know, making the pastries, you, 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 you know, all that. <laughs> yeah. At launch day this past weekend, we made sure we had both pescheradas and pralines. <laughs> oh, see, you know, I had to, I had to learn to, I watch them every year make pescheradas, of course. And Anne's mother will really enjoy hearing this part of the show. But listen, uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with, uh, with Candace Wheeler, who wrote a terrific book that, um, it's a fiction book that has a lot of lot of true characters in it. And we'll come back and talk more about her book when we get on the other side of this. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I'm having a terrific conversation with author Candace Wheeler, who had a really busy weekend, I might add, uh, book signing and ribbon cuttings. And tell me about your weekend, Candace. Oh, it was a great weekend. Even with the weather being rainy, people showed up. I started at the Hillier House from 10 in the morning till 12, and we signed books from the 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. We had a great turnout, and then we moved on to the Seafood Museum from 2 to 4. Again, wonderful turnout. My publisher said it was the best launch day he had had for any of his authors ever, so I think that's a tribute to the coast and the people. It is. It is. Uh, Dogwood Press is your is your uh, is your publisher. Yeah. And uh, again, I look forward to reading your book. So let's go back for just a second. You grew up in Biloxi, and you ultimately decided that you wanted to pursue law. You, you you talked about journalism. You didn't like the deadlines, but it seems to me if you want to be a lawyer, you had to fall in love with deadlines again. Tell me about <laughs> At <some> that. Some point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I went to uh, decide to go to law school. Went through Southern in that quarter system. We got through in three years. So I went to law school and um, I learned so much and met so many people. That's where I met my husband. We were actually at Biloxi High together. He was in, I was in the 10th grade and he was a senior and we didn't know each other. Met each other in law school and got engaged and were married by the time I graduated. So that was, I'm glad and I went thus, to law school. Thus Wheeler and Wheeler was born. <laughs> exactly. When I got out, we formed our firm, and we've been practicing together for 40 years now. Wow. What's your, tell me about your specialty. I specialize in wills and estates, mm-hmm. probate of estates, and when people come in and they need a will or health care power of attorney, that's my specialty. Well, that's, that's, that's so interesting. So, okay. So you, you, you had all these notes that you had taken over all these years. How long did you say, I'm going to write a book? And then how, how many years passed before you actually sat down and started to write your first page? Um, probably about maybe two years passed before I wrote the first page. Um, the idea and the inspiration for the story came from a newspaper clipping that, mm-hmm. um, from 1906 that we found among my husband's grandmother's possessions. And it was just a, simply a picture of a woman dressed as a man, which was her, and described her journey through the South to try to find her sons that her husband and his mistress had abducted. I said, what a cool story. And no one in the family really knew anything about it. You know, I guess it was just a deep, dark family secret, but they this newspaper article was there. So I tried to find out more about it. I couldn't find anything. So I decided to create something. <laughs> and that's where this story came from. So you have the story that, that came from your imagination about right. what her journey might have looked like. Exactly. Combined with this incredible history, sort of the, the state of affairs for essentially coastal Mississippi, but really specifically Biloxi during 1906. Right. How did you get how did you get to the point where you said, okay, I'm I'm actually in my mind living in 1906 and now I can place this character there? That took a lot of work, didn't it? It did. It took a lot of research, Ricky, but it I enjoyed every minute of it. It was a lot of fun. And what I did was I started with the 
the books that I could find on the coast by our historians that have preserved it through the years, like Val Husley and Morella Powell and the late Edmund Boudreau, and all of those put me in that time period. And 1906 just happened to be a great year to find things on the coast. We had a great schooner race that year. We had a hurricane that year. We had, you know, all of these fun, exciting things. And the more I researched, the more I found. I just, I fell in love with it, the story. Well, you know, you go back into those days, you think okay. about, you know, in some ways it was sort of like a, a renaissance of coastal Mississippi that was evolving the influence of New Orleans and the impact that New Orleanians had on coastal Mississippi. And, uh, and we, we talk about that even today as we think about the pandemic and what's happened with New Orleans' influence on Hancock County and, and moving over into Pascrishian and Long Beach and really the coastal Mississippi. Um, but that was, I don't know if you re refer to it as the glory days, <clears throat> but there was something special about that time frame, wasn't there? There was. And when you when you talk about the people from New Orleans who came here, they like today, a lot of them were tourists to begin with, and they loved the area so much that they started building beautiful homes along our coast, our beach, and um, they became involved in our politics and um, became benefactors of our cities. Howard, uh, Harry Howard was one of the um, characters, real life characters that I have in the novel. and. Something interesting about him is he served as both Luxie's mayor and the King of Rex for the Carnival crew of Rex in New Orleans in the same year, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's, that's he, rare, <laughs> even today. Yeah, and he was also involved in city councilman along the way before he became a mayor, and he um, gave money to build our schools along the coast, and Howard Avenue is named after his family. And his Father started the Louisiana Lottery. That's where all their money came from. <clears throat> there were there were a lot of power brokers and glamour and dreamers, and I, I'm assuming that some of that sort of made its way into your book. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay. So, we, in the short time we have left together, so kind of give wet people's whistle about the journey she went on. So, essentially, her husband left with her babysitter. And their two kids, and so essentially vanished, right? Right, and no one had any idea where they went. And so, you know, here was this poor, desperate woman with no money. Her husband left her with nothing. You know, she had the house she lived in, but she had to recreate herself, and she had to figure out not only where and how am I going to go find my children, but how am I going to support myself and get there? So I figured. You know, I don't really know what she did, but I think I'm going to put her in the seafood industry. <laughs> yes. And she learned it from the ground up. Yes. Yes. So, so you had to put yourself in the seafood industry. I did. I did. And I found out through my research that there was this couple on the coast, Sophie and Lise Desport. Now, you, it looks like you, Lise. It's spelled Lise. Um, their granddaughter, who is a judge on the coast, Jennifer Slogel actually told me about that, how they pronounced it back then. And um, we had a great conversation about that particular couple. Anyway, they became central in my story. And Sophie ends up being the mentor to my character, Carrie, and gets her through the seafood industry and to a point where Carrie moves on and creates herself into a person she never thought she could be.
So. Well, it actually led her to the east coast of Florida. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell me about that aspect. Okay. Um, I did read in the newspaper article that she searched. She did search through Florida. I didn't know where, but I've always been fascinated with St. Augustine. <laughs> so there's a lot of history in St. Augustine, as you know. So I decided she was going to go to St. Augustine. And that's where Henry Flagler had his great Constellion Hotel, which ended up being today. It's Flagler College. And you can actually go in and walk around and see that beautiful museum. And um, then she's going to go a little bit further down to the coast to some more Flagler hotels down in Palm Beach. So you get to see a little bit of Florida in there and back in 1906, what was going on in those areas. Yeah, you know, Flagler is a is an interesting study, by the way, and I've been to some of his hotels before, and the influence he had in, in Florida is just tremendous. And your your book, you know, it may actually argue who were some of the Flaglers of the day for coastal Mississippi in 1906. And certainly, you know, the, the seafood industry titans had a big impact, that's for sure. And it's interesting that, that you mentioned Jennifer Schlogel because the Schlogel family and their connection and George Logan in particular, one of the one of the best historians that I know. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to sit and talk to him about the history of coastal Mississippi, but man, uh, unbelievable. But you know, I would argue that you know he had a sort of a flagler influence here in coastal Mississippi. But it's there's so many characters that have had made an impact, and through books like yours and the research you've done, you gain an appreciation for that, don't you? You do. You do. I, I learned so much about the Barks and uh, the Ducate, the Ducate Theater and the influence he had both in the seafood industry and on the culture, you know, of our coast. And I think that's what drew me to history is, you know, Ricky, today it's like we and I think that might be why they waited so long to write it. I think we appreciate our history more the older we get. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I, I, had, a, I had a quote. I can't remember what it I can't remember exactly how it said it, but we get a lot wiser at um, you know as we get older. But one of the things that we wish is that we would have started having that appreciation much earlier in life, and maybe by having conversations like this, we can we can help people become you know a little bit more connected earlier, so they're more interested in learning more. And that's why your book, you know, the cradle, uh, uh, the cradle of the uh, oak, right? Cradle of the oak. In the oak. And in the oak. Yeah, in yeah. the oak. Art. Yeah, because it's so you, important because yeah. it really it helps. You know, it, within the within and what sounds like a cool, interesting, mysterious story is this great historic sort of you know laying out of what was going on in 1906. But we're out of time, Candace Wheeler. But it's been a pleasure to visit with you. Yeah, I never know you know how much I'm gonna be touched by people, but I was touched by you today, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you. I enjoyed talking to you today, Ricky. It's been a real pleasure. It's been a real pleasure. When we come back, we'll continue our conversations. I'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.